0: Hello to the listeners of Take Talks Business. I want to thank those of you from the 757 and from throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia for helping us reach our 51st episode. And as we start season two, here's to another year of wonderful guests and great conversation. jessica thank you so very much for joining me
1: i'm excited to be back on for season two i can't believe it's been a year
0: yes one year and and a a quick side note for those of you who may be new to the podcast or haven't had an opportunity to listen to uh, previous episodes um, this time last year uh, I reached out to Jessica, a, a good friend of mine, and, and said, "I'm getting ready to start a podcast. I may be absolutely terrible at this, um, so I need you to be my guinea pig and <laughs> and give it a try. And if it's horrible, we're gonna we're gonna delete it and act like it never happened." And you were kind enough to let me come over to the. Uh, Portsmouth Economic Development Offices, and, and give it a shot, and and apparently I wasn't too atrocious. Oh so my goodness, no. We, uh, here we are, episode 51, almost exactly a year later, so thank you so much for, for doing this with me.
1: I'm so excited about it, and I, I've enjoyed, I know I just told you, but I'll say it on recording now, so you have it. <laughs> um, I've enjoyed listening to every single one of the other episodes. I thank might you. be biased and think that, you know, first episode is still the best. <laughs> But I've learned so much about the professionals in the region and, um, just more about some people that I've met kind of on the periphery and it's, it's been wonderful to follow along. So thank you you for having me back on.
0: Absolutely. And and yes, I agree. I mean, it's, I had hoped that I would be able to be able to do the same type of thing. I mean, that was Mm kind of, I've always said I I did this more to be able to provide a platform for the businesses rather Mm -hmm. than a platform for me personally or for the chamber, um, but to your point exactly i mean the, the opportunity to have gotten to know 50 other professionals and their businesses or their economic development departments or their associations in the way that i'm able to do in the 25 or 30 minutes that we talk mm-hmm. has been incredible and, and i'm lucky enough to be in a position with the chamber that we get to do that a lot by the nature of having 1200 member businesses part of our organization but those are typically conversations I have, and no one mm-hmm. else is typically in the room. so the opportunity to have those conversations and share them with people not only in the seven five seven but throughout the states and, and has just been incredible and and uh, and thank you again for for kicking that off but uh, before we get into anything else, I want to congratulate you, Robert, and the entire uh, Portsmouth Economic Development team. Um, it was recently announced uh, what a successful year you all managed to have in 2020 in spite of COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah. So congratulations and, and anything that you want to pass along to our listeners about about that success and kind of how that all came together last year?
1: Absolutely. Um, and thank you for that. And of course, thank you for all of the Chamber's support. Both the division board and as a whole throughout the region, because nothing we could do is, you know, possible without chamber and of course our city leadership um, and our business community, and we're all serving the same business community. So that's yeah. that's a really great thing that we have in common. Um, so 2020 was a, <laughs> I don't want to say uncertain because everybody has said it, but a tumultuous year. Um, yeah. it, it had its ups and downs where we thought things would be you know, normal, then there was the new normal, and now it's like, well, what day is it? Does it matter? <laughs> um, and we here in Portsmouth Economic Development stayed open throughout the entire time. Um, and when I say that, I mean that somebody was in the office every single workday throughout 2020, oh. except for the holidays. Yeah. Um, we made sure that we were staffed up, even though we you know, obviously went to virtual meetings Um, but we wanted to make sure that we were still accessible we were still on the ball and still moving forward with all of the variety of things that we have up in the air and we're we're really thrilled with how the the year turned out um, despite a a lot of challenges Um, everybody had a ton of challenges and it's difficult to say that we're we're thankful for 2020 because of all the bad things that happened but there was such growth and such creativity and resilience and innovation. um, And that wouldn't have happened if we weren't, you know, thrust into this new kind of business environment. So for anybody that doesn't know kind of the backstory, our momentum has been growing for for several years. And last year I was able to share more of that story. So plug, go back and listen to episode one. (laughs) Um, But the the cliff notes of it um, in... 2017, we did $44 million in new investment. Yeah. 2018, $104 million. 2019, so last, last, last year, I'm not used to 2021 <laughs> yet. 2019, we were able to do $379 million in new investment. And mm-hmm. that's three record breaking years in a row. Yeah. Um, we were thrilled about it. We had had phenomenal growth. Heading into 2020, super excited about what was coming. We had great momentum, huge pipeline, wonderful things happening. And then of course, we all know what happened in March. So we weren't kind of unsure how that would go. We still had plenty in the pipeline. Um, Infrastructure work was going up, development was going up. Of course, interest rates have been down for the past year now, Um, and that's really helpful. And we're also really fortunate that some of our core industries in Portsmouth so, maritime, logistics, defense, a lot of those kept trudging along without any real hiccups other yeah. than some COVID shutdowns. Um, so through all of that, we went from 379 in 2019 to bringing in 435 million in 2020. Wow. and. Uh, we're just very thankful. We're excited awesome. about it. We have dirt moving all across the city from downtown to Churchland. Um, even out in Port Norfolk, there's some <laughs> some things happening, um, but there's activity all over the place. There's yep. new apartments going up. Um, new restaurants have opened. Current restaurants have pivoted into delivering other services. Um, so many different organizations are involved in either COVID response, whether it's Robert's oxygen with dry ice or US flag and signal with masks. Yeah. Um, there's just so much variety and creativity happening. And we're excited about 2020. We're more excited about 2021 and what's going to come because awesome. we feel like a lot of people have their feet under them in this new kind of creative environment. Um, but yeah, it's been four record breaking years in a row That's for great. Portsmouth.
0: Smith. That's great. and and I know we've talked about it before, but one of the unique aspects of, of Portsmouth is space limitations. Mm-hmm. And when we talk space, we're talking square footage, square mileage within within the the boundaries of the city. Um, and one of the things that I think your team and, and the city has has continued to 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 do more and more and get better and better at is as much on the redevelopment side as the development side, to be able to take these parcels. Um, that maybe have been underutilized in the past mm-hmm. and, and turn them into some truly vibrant spaces. Um, from that standpoint, when, when we look at the big picture, how much of what you all have done recently has been on the redevelopment opposed to just pure straight development mm-hmm. on, a, on a open piece of property?
1: That's a great question. And I don't have a, a percentage of projects or anything yeah. like that, but it's, it's certainly more than half. Okay. Just thinking about it, um, because, as you mentioned we we are pretty landlocked um, yeah. we 're not a large city, and much of our city is developed or held by you know public entities mm-hmm. um, but we 're seeing a an influx of large scale redevelopment, so okay. not just taking an old shop and turning it into a new shop. But things like um, the Lineage Logistics Project that's out on the former BASF site that was announced last year. And um, through partnership with the state, um, we were able to bring in uh, a company that wanted to redevelop several, I believe it's about 20 acres. um, And they're they're throwing up this massive cold storage facility. but before that, the BASF site sat empty for I don't know how many years, probably at least seven, um, oh, wow. after the plant shut down, but it was a brownfield. So oh, that okay. meant that there was a lot of remediation that needed to be done. There was a lot of demolition that needed to be done um, because of the old chemical plant. Gotcha. So that's just one example. There's mm. one very close to that um, where an uh, organization is taking down a former power plant. Um, okay. And in conjunction with um, the port host City Revitalization Fund, they actually got some financial help from both the, the state and our, our PPIC board um, to do some remediation and demolition to gotcha. make that a usable site. Yeah. Um, we had a, a great celebration with the EPA last year, um, just celebrating some of the, the site near the Jordan Bridge that uh-huh. had been remediated because before, in the past, it had been i think a like a waste yard, it had been a naval yard. It had been all of these things over the past about one hundred years. Wow. There were so many issues with it that it couldn 't be used because yeah. you know if you dig below the first half inch there 's all of these toxins and chemicals and all of that so yeah. those things have to be addressed first but and obviously, those are extreme examples but we 've also taken care of the demolition of a couple buildings on High Street to make sure that they 're you know ready to go Um, but we're seeing actual redevelopment both with brownfield sites and not brownfield sites across the city and it's it's incredible to see because there are a lot of aging buildings and some aging infrastructure and that's being addressed really quickly in this environment
0: that's great And, and and even some when you talk about age some of the the age but also from a historical standpoint mm-hmm. and and the example i've used in this case um and and i had michelle ren on the podcast not too long ago for the new co-working space bloom
1: yeah
0: it's right there on high street and for for those who haven't had a chance to to stop by i mean it is an absolute beautiful mm-hmm. remodel in a gorgeous building so you have this beautiful exterior <clears throat> combined with this cool, updated interior, Um, and that's really just phase one of a a two-phase project that's going to become an even larger space um, here hopefully in the next year or two. Um, So it's great to see both the large scale, as you said, and some of the the more finite projects that Mm -hmm. are going on that are are creating a continued vibrant environment. Um, and helping the the entrepreneurial community as well, which is absolutely. absolutely wonderful because it's we are I hate to say finally but to a certain extent <laughs> finally starting to see the fruits of our labor in the in the 757 with regards to our entrepreneur uh, Community mm-hmm. um, not just in Portsmouth, but throughout the region, but um, some great stories to be told there um, so I know Economic development's always a funny creature because you always have to be very careful with what you say um, as Robert will always be willing to, to remind us um, but is there anything in the in the coming months or future that you can talk about more in a broad sense to that gives our our listeners an opportunity to kind of look forward to in 2021
1: absolutely I think there's. There are several openings that we're hoping will happen in 2021, as well as some other announcements or progression on some announcements. So, um, one of the things that we're, I'm personally really excited about is Portsmouth is getting a Chipotle, um, nice. which is a very silly thing. Um, and we have tons of wonderful homegrown restaurants, but sometimes it's really just nice to get a burrito bowl. Yes. Um, So out by Kroger on Frederick, there's there's a large piece of property that's going to be developed. And while nothing will probably be open in 2021. Um, We do expect some some dirt to be moving out there and some activity and um, we're really excited about that. Um, Another thing (laughs) that's coming there is a Starbucks, which will be the third, because the second will be opening in Churchland, hopefully sometime in 2021. Oh wow, okay. Um, And that's that's a redevelopment site. It was old gas station that Starbucks bought and prime real estate there in Churchland. So for our Churchland friends, they won't have to come all the way downtown. They can
0: grab a coffee at Starbucks mm-hmm. and then go to MoMAX for yes. a nice brew. So. Yes, um,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and of course, MoMAX always has tons of food trucks out, yep. which is always wonderful. Um, I think we'll see some expansion. I can't share from whom, but some expansion from our local businesses on nice. the restaurant level. Um, we've got a couple of industrial folks that are also looking to expand. So hopefully we'll be able to announce those soon. Cool. Um, and just lots of work happening. Um, So Mm -hmm. we we anticipate that Lineage will be um, close to opening, if not open by the end of the year. They're moving really quickly. um, And anybody that doesn't follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter can certainly keep up with their their path there because they share time lapses and all of that, which is really fun to see. Um, So there's lots (coughs) of things happening. Wish I could share all of them. But hands are tied there. <laughs> no, that's
0: great. Well, and one of the things that, that we talked a little bit about last year when we first got together, but it was still pretty new if it had even happened. And I, forgive me if I don't remember the timeline ex- exactly. But Portsmouth Economic Development went through um, a rebranding. Yeah, yeah, about
1: a year and a half um, where we really just kind of refreshed the narrative and how we yeah. were talking about ourselves and the work we do. Um, and it's a little bit of an overshare, but for anybody wondering, we'll be updating some things again this year. Nothing major like last time, but definitely going through the iteration process um, to just keep things fresh, because that's what you have to do. Um, (laughs) But I really describe certainly what what I do as education and educating people about what's available in Portsmouth and clarifying some misconceptions but our office is full of basically relationship managers. Gotcha. Um, we exist to try and connect people with the resources, the teams, the organizations that they need to be successful and successful in our mind is obviously expanding the tax base here in Portsmouth because yeah. that's, we're a city department, we all, all need taxes, um, but we also wanna make sure that if somebody is expanding a business they know what they need to do in those next steps. Gotcha. And we're that first call. If somebody wants to open a new business in Portsmouth, we hope we're the first call for that too because we can connect them with licensing and permits and we know the sites that are available. Um, We can make connections with either brokers to clients or clients to brokers. Um, but we do a lot of facilitating, a lot okay. of facilitating both with um, now virtual meetings and calls, yeah. but also figuring out site tours. Okay. Um, so another layer of that is coordinating with regional groups like the Alliance who does a great job, but also with the state and some national groups. So okay. um, VDP at the state level is a great partner for bringing in projects and helping keep Virginia strong. Um, but there's of course national EDA partners as well So making sure that resources from a national organization like a SBA um, or the National EDA trickle down and are available to our local businesses. Okay, gotcha. So um, there's a lot of overlap with that relationship management, like you guys do at the chamber. Yeah. Um, And I think that's part of the fun is learning so much about so many different things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so almost the one stop shop, at least at the beginning, Mm -hmm. obviously there's going to be steps involved, uh, whether it's a brand new business or a business looking to expand or move into the space. But at least you all can be that first point of contact Mm -hmm. to get the ball rolling and figure out, okay, I'm not familiar with the city of Portsmouth, so what do I need to do to start step A and then go to B and C? Is that, I mean, that's pretty
1: much... Absolutely. Um, And we have what we call the Smart Start Guide, which has essentially a checklist of if you're this type of business, you'll need this type of permits. These are the offices you go to for these different things. Okay. We'll be expanding that in the the new year um, and hopefully making that a little bit more interactive. Um, But for now, it's kind of a a data dump and um, we we definitely hope that folks come to us first because we can help identify some of the roadblocks that might come up in starting a new business, especially um, in our current times. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah, and so I don't forget if somebody's looking to do that and, and make that first step, what is the web address for them to, to find y'all?
1: It is accessportsmithva.com. Perfect. Um, Perfect. They can always find us there or on social media. We are now on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. So nice. we're, we try to be everywhere. Nice.
0: <laughs> and speaking of, of creative um, ways to market and get the word out, Um, ironically, um, you all start, I believe you all started it before, before I did, but you all started a series, um, let's talk business, Mm -hmm. correct? can you talk a little bit about kind of how that's gone and 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 some of the lessons learned maybe as you've gone through that and some of the success that you've seen from that especially as we had to kind of make that pivot into the COVID environment?
1: Yeah absolutely um, but then just so you have time to think I'm going to turn that question back to you. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so Let's Talk Business started um, let's see August, August or September of 2018 was our first one of that and I think even with COVID restrictions. I think we only missed one or two months last year. And um, the way it started was to bring people together in person, have either a panel or a specialist speak, um, and give folks the opportunity to hey, question them because that's always fun to ask questions of people that are experts, nope. but also meet other people in the business community. And our our Let's Talk Business series is open to everyone um, in the 757 business community, statewide, Um, whoever wants to come is more than welcome. And I have to say that turning those into virtual events has helped us expand who sees them. Nice. Um, And when we first started, we did not record them in long form. We just did some some quick snippets um, for the in-person events. And now that we're doing them online, They're recorded and posted on YouTube, um, and we've seen a lot of views just coming from that, from folks that aren't able to make the live one. Um, I get messages with questions that they'd like to know or follow-ups, and sometimes I'm able to either answer them or connect them with the actual expert. Um, There's that, you know, facilitation (laughs) relationship (laughs) management coming in. Um, but we've seen it go a lot further um, yeah. since we switched to digital. And we tried, um, you were kind enough to be our guinea pig, or <laughs> one that we did fully recorded instead of live via meeting And and we enjoyed that for a few months, that, that process. But we decided to go back to a live virtual and then yeah. share the recording as well, just for that interaction. Yep. And we've learned, um, that moderating is a little difficult when it comes to virtual, um, that people don't really like to have their cameras on, even though the people that really like their cameras on will let you know if you think, oh, yeah. don't allow it. Yeah. Um, but we've also learned a lot about the organizations that we've been meeting with, and we've been yeah. able to use it as as a tool to understand more about businesses and business needs. So it's, yeah. it's as informative for us as we hope it is for the wider business community. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's a good segue to ask you what, what have you learned through doing your podcast for the last year, either about businesses or about podcasting?
0: Um, well, the, the businesses portion of it, I think, uh, I think it's, sometimes it can be difficult, full disclosure, it can be tough sometimes to get time with business partners Mm -hmm. I mean we've only got so much time to spend um, to do stuff so I do think if you if you're going one lesson I've definitely learned is if you're going to ask of someone's time make sure there's value to it Mm -hmm. so while we always we all get into our own little worlds whether it's you within economic development me within the chamber and sometimes we tend to forget that what what we spend 100% of our time with is not something that's a primary focus for the people that we're doing our outreach to. Right. Um, and in doing so, then making sure that when I do go spend time with someone that there's, there's value given while you're with that person. Mm-hmm. And I think the greatest part about the podcast was it's an opportunity for us to learn about the business and in turn be able to use those lessons learned to hopefully better serve the business community. Mm-hmm while providing the member with that opportunity to promote their business. Um, and, and it doesn't even really matter how much they are able to utilize it. I mean, it could be as simple as being able to send it off to family and friends so they get to say, <laughs> hey, I was on a podcast, um, all the way up to those that are, that are super marketing and they've got it all over their social media and they've got it on their platforms. Um, but, it's, but it's something of value. Mm-hmm. and And that's the part that that if you're if i 've got thirty minutes forty five minutes of someone 's time, the fact that they can walk away with value i think is is great, and then hopefully that that value then is also utilized by the people who are who are in turn listening and, mm-hmm. and getting to hear about those businesses so I would say that's That's probably been one of the biggest ones. It's, it's a, it's a great reminder to me that every single time I pick up the phone and reach out to one of our members, am I going to provide value to them of some sort? Um, especially in an organization like ours where, where it's retention. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys have that to a certain extent too, because you're trying to retain the businesses that are already here so that they don't then in turn leave and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I pick up the phone and I call them, even if it is because I'm asking them to retain their membership within our organization, when I get done with that conversation, there still had to be something in that conversation that that provided value to that member. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, um, not just with the chamber, but I think with any environment like that, whether it's membership, sales, ho- however, It's always trying to make sure, did did I provide some form of value to them? And if I didn't, then then the value of that phone call, email, whatever that communication was, maybe wasn't as important. So that's been, and we're very lucky in that, I mean, for those who who haven't tried it, I mean, podcasting is a relatively simple thing. Mm -hmm. The bulk of your expense is simply your time. Yep. Um, so the return on that investment is exponential. It's just w- whether you're willing to give up your time, um, and quite honestly, being willing to put yourself out there and, <laughs> and not be, or at least be comfortable with it. And, and believe me, it's something. I, at least in my case, I've had to kind of grow into to a small extent. But um, but it's also been very very enjoyable. And and I know you and I both come from marketing backgrounds. Where mm-hmm. I mean, we. I, I really think we have a, a very a fun. Career, yeah. Um, just because there's a lot about what we get to do that it's pretty, pretty unique, but mm-hmm. it's also very enjoyable to do. So I count my blessings from that standpoint. Um, so, but um, so is there anything else um, that you you've now been with Economic Development for how long?
1: About two years now.
0: About two years. Okay. So, f- twenty-four months into it, COVID aside. <laughs> have there been any lessons learned for you personally, professionally, otherwise oh, yeah. that, that you look back on and think yeah, that that was a, either a real eye opener or, or something that I'm I'm just really exceptionally happy that I was able to to experience.
1: You know, it's been a learning curve um coming from specifically a, a private marketing agency and stepping into municipal work full-time and i had, of course worked with some municipal clients before but it's much different um, being on the inside and understanding some of the processes um, or lack of processes (laughs) and the individuals that are involved in the hierarchy it's been it's been a learning curve um, but it's all been Great because I I now have a much better understanding of the city that I I live and work in Um, I have a much greater Respect not that I didn't respect it before but a much greater respect for the work that goes on internally to our cities Um, and I also have just been really thankful for the opportunity to connect with our sister cities and make an impact on either relationships or growth or making connections, whatever the case may be, it's really fulfilling to be able to see what we're trying to do actually come to life. Um, And I, before I joined this team, I had no idea what that would really feel like because I've worked (laughs) on building projects and development projects, but it was all kind of hypothetical when it was on my desk. And being on this team, we can... Drive for two minutes and see four different projects that we had a hand in. That's cool. um, Actual physical buildings, or you know, look at the before and after pictures of a grant <laughs> recipient and know that you know these things matter. Yeah. And I think one of the most fulfilling things has been um, being able to help market and educate folks about the COVID business recovery grants. And I yeah. I know there's been. A tremendous effort in the business community to just make sure that you know folks have funding and they're able to keep doors open, um, but the response from those and you know marketing those and then completing those because we're a small shop, so it's all hands on deck. Yeah. Um, but going through the process of reviewing applications and just really getting a deeper respect for our business community and having relationships go further. Um, that has been probably one of the the most fulfilling things yeah
0: yeah that's great um well thank you so very much for doing this and and joining me again and and getting to revisit i mean i'm lucky enough i get to work with you and, and partner with you in different ways um pretty often but but even still the chance to sit down and just have a good conversation is always fun and and uh, I appreciate uh, your time. I appreciate what you and the entire team do. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm not real bashful about the fact that in the last three years, I've been with the chamber now for three years, and over that three years, I've gotten to know the Portsmouth community mm-hmm. very, very well. Um, and, and there is a part of me that, that I mean, I, I feel like I've almost adopted the city. Even though I'll always be a, a Virginia Beach kid at heart. Uh, honorary have Having resident. grown up out there. But I am an honorary <laughs> resident of the city of Portsmouth. Exactly. So I appreciate everything you guys do for the city. And, and I congratulate you all on, on the success over the last several years. And, and I'm sure it will just continue again and again. So
1: Well, thank you so much for all yeah. of that, for all of your support and help and advocacy. And and thanks for having me on again. I can't wait to listen to the next 50 episodes. Awesome.
0: Thank you. And thank you to listeners at Take Talks. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.